ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in the previous lesson we were discussing the chapter regarding the statement ma sha allah wa shi'tah whatever allah wills and you will and there was that narration regarding how the jewish person came to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said to him that indeed you people commit shirk you people say ma sha allah wa shi'tah whatever allah wills and you will and you say wal ka'ba taking an oath by the ka'ba <coughs> so the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam commanded them that if they take any oaths i.e. the muslims that they should take an oath by the lord of the ka'ba by allah not by the ka'ba and that they should say ma sha allah thumma shi'ta whatever allah wills and then what you will so that there is no equality made between allah and anybody else in his creation and that an oath is not taken by anyone except by allah then we came across the narration where a man came and said to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam ma sha allah wa shi'ta whatever allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills and you so the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied to him aj'altani lillahi niddan have you made me an equal to allah have you made me a partner to allah saying whatever allah wills and you will rather say bal ma sha allah wahda whatever allah wills alone so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam forbade them from saying whatever allah wills and you will rather whatever allah wills alone then after that what the people will but not alongside the will of allah then we have this narration of at-tufail at-tufail who was a brother of aisha from her mother qal ra'aytu ka'anni ataytu ala nafarin min al-yahud qultu innakum la antum al-qawm lawla annakum taqulun uzair ibn allah قالوا وانتم لانتم القوم لولا انكم تقولون ما شاء الله وشاء محمد he says that he saw a dream he saw a vision a dream and in this dream He says I saw myself as if I came across a group of the Jews that he saw himself come across <coughs> come upon a group of the Jews so he saw himself saying to them in the dream 
innakum la antumul qawm that you people you people are legitimate you're good you're upright everything is good about you if only you didn't say if only you didn't say though that uzair is the son of allah you attribute to allah that he has a son and that is certainly a great error so he said i said to them in the dream that you people you're, you're right you're legitimate everything is good but you have this issue this problem which ruins it all for you which is that you claim allah has a son so then in the dream he says that the jews replied to him that you people the muslims you're legitimate and everything is good about you that the jews then said to him in this dream you the muslims you people you are good you are upright you are everything legitimate if only though you wouldn't say whatever allah wills and muhammad wills if only you didn't say that if only you wouldn't say this type of thing whatever allah wills and muhammad wills <coughs> Then he says, ثُمَّ مَرَرْتُ بِنَفَرٍ مِّنَ النَّصَارَى He says, then in the dream, I came across a group of Christians. And I said to them, إِنَّكُمْ لَأَنْتُمُ الْقَوْمِ You people, you're, you're good, you are a good nation, meaning generally it's all good. But again, you have an issue, لَوْلَا أَنَّكُمْ تَقُولُونَ Was it not for the fact that you people say, المسيح ابن الله that Isa alayhi salam is the son of Allah. So otherwise again, it's legitimate, generally speaking. However, you have this great issue that you attribute a son to Allah. So then he says in the dream, the Christians replied and said to him, إِنَّكُمْ لَأَنْتُمُ الْقَوْمِ لَوْ لَأَنَّكُمْ تَقُولُونَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ وَشَاءَ مُحَمَّدِ Rather you the Muslims, you are the people. You are the people. But only problem again is with you, if only you didn't say whatever Allah wills and Muhammad wills. Whatever Allah wills and Muhammad wills. فَلَمَّا أَصْبَحْتُ أَخْبَرْتُ بِهَا مَنْ أَخْبَرْتُ He says, when I woke up then, I told whomsoever I told from amongst the people about this dream. ثُمَّ أَتَيْتُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَخْبَرْتُ Then he says, I ended up coming to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and informing him too. قَالْ هَلْ أَخْبَرْتَ بِهَا أَحَدًا The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, Have you informed anybody about this? <coughs> قُلْتُ نَعَمْ He said, Yes. قَالْ فَحَمِدَ اللَّهُ وَأَثْنَ عَلَيْهِ so he says, the Prophet ﷺ praised Allah, uh, praised Allah and exalted Allah. Then he said, أَمَّا بَعْدِ Thereafter to proceed. فَإِنَّ طُفَيْلًا رَأَى رُؤْيَا أَخْبَرَ بِهَا مَنْ أَخْبَرَ مِنْكُمْ The Prophet ﷺ said, indeed, Tufail had a dream and he has informed whomsoever he has informed from amongst you regarding that dream. وَإِنَّكُمْ قُلْتُمْ كَلِمَةً يَمْنَعُنِي كَذَا وَكَذَا أَنْ أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْهَا فَلَا تَقُولُوا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ وَشَاءَ مُحَمَّدٌ وَلَكِنْ قُولُوا 
Masha'allahu wahdah. He said, indeed, you people say a word. You say something. And such and such prevented me from preventing you. But rather, say, Allah wa sha'a Muhammad. Or rather, do not say that. Do not say whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. Rather, say what Allah wills alone. This particular narration now, if we go through it section by section, firstly, it was a dream that Tufail had. This was a dream that Tufail ibn Abdullah ibn Sakhbara al-Azdi had. Dreams, as Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala mentioned in Kitab al-Ruh, dreams are three types. Dreams that a person has are three different types of dreams. The first type of dreams are dreams of truthfulness. Dreams of truthfulness. Al-Qismu al-Awwal, Haqq. Wa huwa ma yajri ala yad malaki ruya Ya'ti ila al-Naim fayuriyahu ashya'a jiba. فَيَسْتَيْقِضُ النَّائِمْ وَقَدْ رَأَى هَذِي رُؤْيَا فَتَقَعُ كَمَا رَآهَا First category of dreams are dreams of truthfulness. And they occur from the angel, from the angel of dreams as you may say, the angel that comes and causes those dreams. Sometimes they may be dreams of truthfulness, that in reality something you see in your dream happens. That can occur. So there is a category of dreams which is a dream of truthfulness. A second category of dreams is a dream the opposite. Comes from not the angels but the shaitan. Dreams that come from the shaitan. And these types of dreams the shaitan may come to the person and cause him to see what we now call nightmares. Nightmares, dreams that you see things fearful to you in them, dreams that you see in them, things which are disturbing to you, things which are frightening to you, terrifying to you. These types of dreams are from the shaitan, whisperings of the shaitan to an individual. Hence it is mentioned if a person has what we call a nightmare, that you should turn over the side that you are sleeping on. So if you are sleeping on your right side, turn over and sleep upwards on your back. If you are on your back, turn over and sleep on your right side. Also, it is mentioned in the sunnah, if that type of event occurs to you, a disturbing dream, a nightmare, that you can awaken, if you awake from that, then go and make wudu and pray to raka'at. Mentioned in the sunnah to do so. Make wudu and pray to raka'at. Prior to all of that, there are the adhkar, the remembrances, the supplications that a person should do before going to sleep. The recitation of ayatul kursi. The recitation of the, as the people say, the quls. Qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq. Qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas, etc. 
recitation of these ayat and these chapters of the Qur'an. So all of these types of legislated du'as should be recited prior to sleep. A person should also go to sleep upon a state of wudu. So all of these things are legislated. So that second type of dreams are dreams that occur from the shaitan, causing you to fear nightmares as it is said. So for those types of dreams, if you have them, you should not speak about them to the people. You should not narrate them to anybody. Those dreams will not harm you. Those dreams will not harm you. They are from the shaitan. Do not go mentioning them and speaking to the people about them and narrating them. It is not correct to do that. Thirdly, the third type of dreams are dreams which are, you may say, the everyday events that occur to you and dreams that are linked to that. So during the day, you went on a long journey and you caught six buses. So you go to sleep and you have a dream about buses. Means absolutely nothing. It is just because you were on buses that day, so you had a dream about buses when you went to sleep. Or you were doing something else that day, you were involved in some activity that day, and you go to sleep and it's on your mind, so you have a dream about that activity you were doing. These dreams mean nothing. They are simply just dreams in relation to what was on your mind, what you were doing, your thought processes, and you have a dream about it. So they are just standard casual dreams related to your everyday activities. You remember something you're doing, you have a dream about it. These don't mean anything. They're just random dreams. Random dreams about random things you were doing. And that's why the scholars, they say, these well, those types of dreams in particular often rarely make sense. They rarely make sense, those random types of dreams. You find yourselves in a situation and in the dream suddenly you're hundreds of miles away in some other situation. How did you get from one place to the next? It doesn't make any sense. During the dreams, there various incidents occur. Various types of things occur. And they don't necessarily fit together and make sense. But they are just your random dreams based upon random things that you were doing in those last few days, in that week, whatever you're thinking about. The scholars therefore say that a person should not become overly concerned about dreams. This is a mistake that the people they make, they become overly engrossed in the affair of dreams. Every dream that they have, they insist that there must be some interpretation. Every dream they have, they insist there's got to mean something. It's got to mean something. The reality is doesn't have to. You have a dream about buses, it doesn't mean anything. It's just because you were sat on some buses. There is no meaning to it. There is no greater wisdom you need to find out about it and go to the imams and pay them hundreds of pounds. It doesn't mean anything. These are random dreams that do not have an impact on any affair. So the scholars, they say, a person should not be like the people now, where every dream they have, they say there must be some meaning to it. This dream must mean something in my life. Not necessarily at all. One of the categories of dreams which occur so often to the people are these random dreams. Random dreams about random things you were doing or thinking about in your life that day, that week. They don't mean anything. 
particularly even more so is the problem when people start to think that dreams are some form of divine inspiration and this is again not correct yes we said there are the first category of dreams that are dreams of truthfulness yes that occurs dreams of truthfulness but not every dream you have random dreams you start to think that this is some inspiration some divine inspiration to me that is not the case this is the way of the sufis where they have dreams and they think these dreams are divine inspiration for them to do this and to do that and they say that imams have dreams where they go to paradise and they walk around in paradise and they are told do this and do that and it's like it's revelation so they come back afterwards and they say I saw in a dream and I was commanded to do this and to do that. I saw in a dream I was commanded and I was told you don't have to pray anymore, you've reached a high level. I saw in a dream X, Y and Z completely and utterly in opposition to the Quran and the Sunnah, but he saw it in a dream. It is divine inspiration, overrides what's in the Quran and the Sunnah. So this is a great deviation that the Sufis and their sects have fallen into. Whereby they start to believe that dreams, random dreams, are divine inspiration. And in reality it is not the case. The revelation does not come to you in dreams. The revelation is in the Quran and the Sunnah and that is what you have been commanded to follow. So nevertheless here, At-Tufail had a dream. And in this dream, he saw himself meeting initially with some Jews a group of the Jews. And he said to them, that you people are the nation. What does he give there? Indeed you people are. When he came across some of the Jews, and he said, indeed you are you be a good people, that indeed you be a good people, you are a good people. Was it not for the fact, was it not for the fact that you say Uzair is the son of Allah? That generally you are legitimate, it is legitimate your affair, but you commit shirk basically, you commit shirk though. You say that Uzair is the son of Allah. And Uzair he was a man from amongst them. And it is said that he was a prophet. And it is said that he was simply a righteous man, a pious man who lived. And there's a difference between the scholars regarding whether Uzair was a prophet or whether he was a pious and righteous man amongst them. And they began to say that he is the son of Allah. So they said, or he said to them, so generally otherwise you're legitimate. But you have this problem which commits kufr upon you. Or you commit kufr via it. Which is this statement of yours that Allah has a son. So then in the dream he says, they then spoke to him and replied to him and they praised him. And they said, well you people are good and legitimate and everything is good with your nation, the Muslims. But you have this problem too. You have this issue which is that you say whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. Meaning this is an act of shirk too. 
you are raising Muhammad to a station above what is deserving and what is correct. Above what the Prophet informed us of himself. You are raising him above that rank and station by claiming whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills at the same time, simultaneously. Even though, of course, this act is not as severe as their act of taking a son to Allah. But nevertheless, they mentioned this criticism to him in the dream. Then he says he continued and he came across a group of the Christians, the Nasara. Came across a group of the Christians, the Nasara. And they are the followers of, as they say, Isa alayhi salam. Uh, and it is mentioned that they are known as An-Nasara. One of the reasonings mentioned, and there are two or three different explanations given by the scholars as to why they are known as An-Nasara. One of the explanations is because they originated from a place known as An-Nasira, which was in Palestine. An-Nasira in Palestine. Nasira. So therefore they were known as Nasara. Those who originated from the place Nasira. And that is the term for the Christians. Uh, and also it is said they are termed as Nasara due to their statement as Allah mentioned, Nahnu Ansarullah. When they said, we are the helpers of Allah, Ansarullah. So some of the scholars say they were termed as the Nasara from this statement of theirs. But nevertheless, he came across some of these Christians and he said to them, you are a good people, you are legitimate. But again, you have this one issue, this one issue that destroys you. And that is that you also commit complete shirk by claiming that Isa salam is the son of Allah. So they went into exaggeration with regards to Isa salam, Like the Jews went into exaggeration with regards to Uzair. Then after that, the Christians replied to him similarly, the same as what the Jews had replied to him in the dream. They said, you Muslims are good and legitimate and everything, your nation, perfect. But again, you have this issue. You say whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills, equaling Muhammad to Allah. So then in the morning when he woke up, he went and told some of the people regarding this dream. And then he went to the Prophet ﷺ and told him about the dream. And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, have you told anybody else? He said, yes. And then the Prophet ﷺ praised Allah, exalted Allah. And then he said, that indeed Dufail has seen this dream and he has informed you from amongst you whomsoever he has informed. And indeed that there was something previously prevented me from uh, prohibiting you from this. <coughs> and that was basically, you could say, shyness to prohibit you from this. Because the revelation had not come prior to that regarding the prohibition upon such a statement. Whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. Revelation had not come specifically prohibiting such a statement. So, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says here, it is said, it is said, كَانَ يَمْنَعُ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ It is said that prior to this dream, revelation had not come to the Prophet ﷺ that such a statement is impermissible. Whatever Allah wills and what you will. So the Prophet ﷺ, it is said what he meant by this statement when he said 
that you say this word, but such and such I think prevented me from prohibiting you. It was the fact that the revelation had not specifically come to tell him this is prohibited. That is an explanation given by some scholars. But nevertheless, when this occurred now, uh, when this occurred now, he said to them, clearly, do not say whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. Rather say what Allah wills than what Muhammad or anybody else wills. So that you are not making a comparison. You're not making Muhammad or anybody else equal to Allah. Because it is the will of Allah that overrides everything. You do not will anything except unless firstly that Allah wills it. So we do not will independently. Rather it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who wills first. He has decreed the affairs. But we've been given a will and a choice and ability and intention that we can choose what we do and what we don't do. But the overall will is the will of Allah first. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Rather say whatever Allah wills, then what you will. So this was again highlighting that it is a statement of shirk to say whatever Allah wills and what you will. And so you see the mistake of some of these people nowadays when they exaggerate so much with regards to the right of the Prophet ﷺ. They exaggerate to a great degree with the rights of the Prophet ﷺ. And you see them writing Ya Allah and then Ya Muhammad right next to it as if you are calling upon Muhammad ﷺ as you are calling upon Allah the same way. Great exaggeration and great uh, excessiveness. And the Prophet said, La tutruni kama atratin nasara Isa ibn Maryam. Don't raise me up and praise me in that way like the Christians did with Isa alayhi salam with Jesus. Rather, I am. Balqulu Abdullah. Say that I am. Ana Abdullah, the servant of Allah. Wa Rasuluh. And his messenger. So what do we benefit from these narrations? Firstly, that there are certain types of dreams that are true. Dreams of truthfulness that can occur. Also from the benefits that we learn, that taking the truth, (coughs) taking the truth, from wherever it comes. Again, we saw this example now that the Jews and the Christians made this point to him in the dream that you people are essentially committing a form of shirk by saying whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. So that is actually a true statement. It shouldn't be said. Hence, that was accepted. It is taken. That is true. You should not say whatever Allah wills and what Muhammad wills. So that statement of truth is taken no matter where it comes from. But that we explained last time does not mean that it opens up the door and you go and say, therefore we're going to go and sit with anybody and listen to anybody and just take the truth and leave the bad. You're not able to distinguish where the truth is and where the bad is. Hence the Sahaba, the Salaf, they mentioned you do not sit with the people of innovation. Also from the benefits is that if you prohibit something upon the people, You tell them that such and such an act is haram. Such and such an act or such and such a statement is haram. 
then it is suitable that you give the people the legitimate alternative. Because often you hear the people say, they'll say, okay, you're saying this is haram and this is bid'ah and this is bid'ah, so what are we supposed to do? So here it highlights, in the narration, the Prophet ﷺ gave them an alternative, what you are supposed to do, which is say, whatever Allah wills, then whatever anybody else wills. He gave them the alternative, the proper way to do it. So the Shaykh says that is suitable. If you prohibit someone, tell them this is a bid'ah, this is shirk, this is wrong, this is not allowed. Then give them the alternative, tell them what is allowed. Such and such is a bid'ah, you shouldn't be doing it that way. This is what the sunnah says and how you should be doing it. That is a bid'ah, but this is what the sunnah says do do. That is shirk, but this is what tawheed is and this is what you do do. So you explain to the people the alternative and what should be done when prohibiting them prohibiting them from the shirk and the wrong. Uh, you give them the alternative so they have an understanding of what they are supposed to do uh, when you've told them what they are actually doing currently is wrong. Also from the benefits of this narration, Al-Fa'idatul Khamisa. And that is the key point of this narration, is the statement, Ma Allahu wa sha'a fulan. That it is an act of shirk to associate the will of Allah alongside the will of somebody in creation. The will of anybody in creation is not to be equaled to the will of Allah. So that is the key point that he is making, the shaykh, by putting this narration into this chapter, to highlight that you do not make an equality between the will of Allah and the will of creation. And the sixth benefit, the sixth benefit which is mentioned here is that it is not permissible to have ghulu, to have exaggeration and excessiveness with regards to the Prophet it is not permissible to have exaggeration and excessiveness with regards to the Prophet ﷺ, such that you begin to say, as they say some of them, he was made out of light, and that he used to walk without a shadow, and that he is alive, he can hear everything, and he can answer our du'as, and all these types of exaggerations that the people they make regarding the Prophet ﷺ, it is impermissible to do that. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا تتخذوا قبر عيدا, As we already covered. Do not take my grave as a place of repetitive visitation. لا تطروني كما أطرت النصار عيسى بن مريم. Don't raise me up like the Christians raised up Isa salam. We have been prohibited from exaggerating and going beyond the bounds with regards to the Prophet ﷺ. So that is also a benefit to be taken from those narrations. The next chapter is the chapter regarding cursing time. The chapter regarding cursing time. Man sabbadahar faqad Allah. Whomsoever curses time, then he has harmed Allah. We have time? We have time? Ah, okay. So the next chapter, Ba man sabbadahar faqad Allah. The chapter regarding the one who curses time, then he has harmed Allah. This particular chapter now, 
it mentions that the one who curses time, meaning complains bitterly, curses, speaks angrily regarding time, then he has harmed Allah. What does this mean? باب من سب الدهر معناه الذم والتنقص to criticize and to dispraise when people say it was a bad day and it was a black day in the history of mankind. These types of statements when people make them it was a terrible day, a terrible week, a black day in my life. All of these types of statements where they are associating that evilness to that particular time, then this is not something suitable and correct to do. Why is that? <clears throat> because the narration here says, or the title to begin with says, because that harms Allah, meaning, not that it actually harms Allah, but the meaning of it is, this is something which Allah dislikes, that you criticize and abuse time. Because the reality is, when you criticize and you abuse time, it is not the time that has done wrong. It is not the time that has caused these events and this decree to occur. Allah is the one who has decreed the affairs. So when you are cursing time, it is as if you are in reality directing that criticism against Allah. Allah is the one who created time. Allah is the one who created that decree. So when you curse those affairs, it is as if your abuse is directed at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is something wrong with regards to the right of Allah, that you curse and abuse time. It is mentioned in a hadith, just to clarify, that the title doesn't mean that Allah is actually harmed. Actually. It doesn't mean that Allah is actually harmed. There is a hadith where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, Ya ibadi, innakum lan tablahu dhurri fatadurruni. Oh my servant, you will never be able to harm me, or reach a level where you can harm me, and so you are able to harm me. That will not be the case. You will not be able to harm Allah. But the meaning of it here is that this is something displeasing to Allah. Because this is something Allah hates, that you should curse the time that Allah has created and the affairs that occur within that time. So, the reason why it is not permissible to curse time لِأَنَّ السَّبَبِ يَكُونُ مُتَوَجِّهًا إِلَيْهِ لِأَنَّهُ هُوَ الْمُتَصَرِّفُ الَّذِي يَجْرِي فِي قَدْرِهِ وَقَضَائِهِ الْخَيْرُ وَالشَّرُ الْمَكْرُوهُ الْمَحْبُوهُ It is Allah who decrees what occurs in this time. Allah created the time and created the decree and what occurs in that decree. So when you talk about a particular day, a time, an event which occurred, then that in reality is going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who created that time and created that decree and decreed that decree and what was going to happen. So your abuse in essence, it is as if it is being directed at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
It is not the time itself that makes those events occur. It is not that day that made the events occur or that week. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who causes the events to occur. <coughs> it is mentioned in the Quran, وَهُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ خِلْفَةً لِمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَذَّكَّرَ أو أراد شكورا بل إن الله جعل بعض الأزمان له خاصية وفضيلة في مضاعفة الأعمال There are certain times that Allah has given virtues to There are certain times that Allah has given virtues to From amongst those times are for example the month of Ramadan and the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah and for example the day of Arafah and for example, Mondays and Thursdays, and Fridays, the final hour of the day of Friday, all of these times are mentioned, that they are virtuous times. The last third of the night, virtuous time. So there are certain times Allah has made virtuous, where the acts and good deeds are multiplied, and the dua being answered is increased. So there are certain times of virtue like that, that Allah has made within this time. So anything which occurs in this time, in this framework of time, it is not the time itself. It is what Allah has decreed for that time and within that framework of time. So this time in reality is a blessing from Allah. فَالدَّهَرْ فِي الْحَقِيقَةِ نِعْمَ مِنَ اللَّهِ It is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this time that He has given us. And that's why the Salaf they used to say, from all of this time that you have, the time on this world, the time in the barzakh, the time in the hereafter, it is the time here on this world that you have your opportunity to do your good deeds and to gather your good deeds. Because the time you spend in the barzakh will not be a time of gathering good deeds. And the time you spend in the hereafter is not a time of gathering good deeds. This world is your time, your residence for gathering the good deeds. So that time is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And goodness and badness or something good happening to you, something bad happening to you, that's got nothing to do with the time itself. It is not the time doing that. So when you are criticizing the time, in reality you are criticizing the creator of the time. So that is something which is not suitable that a person does and it is something which is incorrect for a person to do. And it indicates a deficiency in his understanding of Tawheed. That he criticizes time. What a terrible day that was. And what a black day in my life that was. Those types of statements are not suitable. If a person was making these statements in an informative manner. In an informative manner. Not in a manner of complaint or criticism. Then it is allowable. Somebody says, for example, yesterday was a bad day. I couldn't uh, go and do what I needed to do. And what he means by that, not as a complaint, not as a, 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 any type of complaint, but he simply means it was a bad day, it was snowing heavy, it was cold, it was freezing, uh, it was very difficult to do anything, to go out of the house. He just informatively speaking, he's telling you it was a bad day like that. Couldn't, it, the difficulty of the day like that. Not that he's making any complaint of it. Complaint of it, you all understand how people do that. 
yesterday was a terrible day and this happened to me and that happened to me. That's clear when somebody is making a complaint about time. But when somebody is simply informing you, informing you of something, that yesterday was, it was a bad day. Meaning it was a bad day in terms of it was, it was uh, snowing, it was cold, it was, and it was difficult to do anything. Just informative, not complaining about anything, not making any issue of anything. Just as an informative statement, then the scholars say that's different. But here the issue is when people are making those statements in criticism. Yesterday was a bad day. This happened to me and that happened to me and this happened. And in that way now it becomes a criticism of time. And that is what is impermissible and not correct to do. The first statement here, وَقَالُوا مَا هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا نَمُوتُ وَنَحْيَا وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ The mushrikeen, they said, it is only this life of ours in this world. We die, we live, and nothing destroys us except time. They say there is nothing else to it. It is just time. You get older, you get older, you die, you get buried, and that's it. Time. Time passes by, age passes by, and you die, and that's all it is. This time kills you in the end. Your time runs out in the end. You get old and you die. So that is what the mushrikeen they said. And they did not accept the resurrection. So this was something that was refuted in the Quran regarding their claim that it is just time. Time passes by, you get old, you die, you get buried and that's it. That's what they claimed. And that is something wrong and incorrect. It is not just the time that passes by. Rather this time passes by and a person dies when his life comes to an end, but then there is the resurrection that will be for that person, the life in the grave, in the barzakh for that person, then all of this will occur, and this is a refutation of the mushrikeen who claim that it is just time that does that to us. Time makes us get old, it passes by and we die. Time is all that it is, they said. Time destroys us in the end. And in reality that is not correct. It is not the time that destroys a person. Rather, this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person has a particular lifespan, and then that person dies, and then is in the barzakh, and then is resurrected when that day arises. <clears throat> but they said, Namutu wa nahya, that we die, we live, people die, people are born. It's just time, they said. Person dies, another person is born. Time passes by, that's how things work. The natural order of things as they say. And that nothing destroys us except this time. So this is refuted in the Quran, in the Sunnah, this statement of theirs associating death and associating whatever occurs just a time. Rather it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of that time, who decrees all of the affairs. وَهَذَا فِي الْحَقِيقَةِ إِنَّمَا هُوَ ذَمٌّ لِلَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So this in reality is a criticism of Allah. Because it is not the time that has decreed for you when life and death will be. It is not time that decrees when this one is born and when that one dies. فَلَيْسَ هُوَ الَّذِي يَصْدِرُ هَذِهِ الْمَجْرَيَاتِ وَإِنَّمَا هِيَ صَادِرَ عَنِ اللَّهِ فَمَنْ ذَمَّ الدَّهْرِ فَقَدْ ذَمَّ اللَّهِ so it is not the time that causes the life and the death of the people. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they are associating this to time, and saying time uh, does this to us, does that to us, everything associated to the time, then this is a falsehood from them. And again, it is incorrect to do so. The final narration in this chapter, in As-Sahih, 
from Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet said قال الله تعالى that Allah said يؤذيني ابن آدم يصب الدهر وأنا الدهر أقلب الليل والنهار in another narration لا تصب الدهر فإن الله هو الدهر it is mentioned in this narration that the sons of Adam they harm me because they curse time and I am the time أنا الدهر أقلب الليل والنهار I alternate the night and the day I alternate the night and the day. And in another narration, لا تصب الدهر Do not curse time. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الدَّهْرِ Because Allah is the time. Meaning, it is Allah who decrees what occurs in that time. It is Allah who decrees the events, whether they are good events for you, or events that are difficult for you, and cause concern for you. As Allah said in the Quran, تِلْكَ الْأَيَّامُ نُدَاوِلُهَا بَيْنَ النَّاسِ Those are the days that we alternate between the people. So you have days decreed for you where there is goodness and happiness and you are at peace of mind. And there are days which will come upon you when there is difficulty and hardship and concern and worry. Allah said in the Qur'an, those are the days that we alternate between people. You're not always going to have the days of happiness and peace of mind and contentment and relaxation. And you're not always going to be in hardship and difficulty. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا Indeed, with difficulty comes ease. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Whomsoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make him a way out. So this chapter indicates that a person does not, does not abuse time. You do not abuse and criticize time because that indicates a deficiency in your understanding of Tawheed that Allah is the one who created this time. And Allah is the one who decrees the affairs, not the time itself. So you should understand that, and that is from the perfection of your tawheed to understand these affairs, the rububiyyah of Allah, and the uluhiyyah of Allah. So it is not the time that has anything to do with that, it is the creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you speak ill of the time, in reality it is as if you are speaking ill of Allah, and that is not permissible to do so. So that is what this chapter highlights in brief, uh, and it is a short chapter highlighting this point regarding the time. And next time then we'll start with the next chapter which is regarding names. Which types of names are permissible and which types of names are not permissible? Certain types of names, they are not allowed, they can even be shirk. And certain types of names may not be recommended, they are not, they are makruh. Certain other names are recommended and highly mustahab. Others are the best of the names. So issue regarding names which types of names are not permissible and they would show a deficiency in Tawheed, even Shirk, and which types of names are permissible. That's what we'll begin with, inshallah, next week. And uh, I'll, I'll try and remember to bring a list of the good names that are mentioned, names of companions, names of uh, male companions, female companions. And we'll go through this topic and this issue of names next week, inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.